This is the Preclinical Years by Physio, Episode 5. If you're just doing questions and sitting at home, you know, you can sit there and stroke your beard and ponder all the different reasons, you know, why it's A or B. But in the test, man, I did, you do not have that time. You got to like read it, know it, hit it, move on kind of thing. You're listening to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, the playbook of those who dominated the USMLE. If you want to learn how to excel on step one and get into the residency of your choice, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join the thousands of others who have mastered step one concepts using physio.com. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we interview a third year medical student named Brian Bird. And to help me with this, I'm here with my co-host, Rhett Thompson. How's it going, man? It's going so good. How you doing, Michael? Doing well, thanks. What's going on in your life these days? Uh, you know, just debating whether or not I'm going to take my kids to go watch Captain Marvel. You know, it's, uh, like young kids, but I hear good things about that movie and I want to be ready for that next Avengers and know what's going on. (laughs) Sounds fun. So yeah, it's, uh, I shouldn't be debating this too hard, but you know, it's taking a whole family to the movie theater these days, you know, it's it's expensive. Getting expensive. That's right. (laughs) But I think it's worth it. What's the movie called? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Haven't seen that one. You're much more into the the comic stuff than I am, though. Is it, does it look good? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to judge based on like the trailers, but a lot of good reviews, and that's kind of what I'm what I'm basing it on. Cool. Well, you'll have, to, on. you'll have to you have to let us know once you see it, or if you see it. Yeah, and uh, once I see it, I'll say, Michael, you gotta watch this. And then a couple years later, uh, you'll probably watch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's uh, move on to introduce our guest for today. His name is Brian Bird. He's originally from Utah, and he moved to Nevada, where he is going to the University of Nevada, Reno. And he's currently a third-year medical student at the tail end of his third year. So without further ado, let's bring him on. So Brian, thank you for joining us on this podcast. So you started at UNR, and what year did you start? Um, So I would have started, uh, so I'm in my third year now. So 2016 is when I started. We can do math here, right? We got into medical school. We can do some math. <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> so, it just takes me a longer time. That's why you know, I threw a lot of fillers in there so I could do the minus three. Tell us kind of what you're doing now. Like we're fast forwarding, got accepted to UNR. Now you're in third year. What rotation are you on? Uh, so currently doing my internal medicine rotation. Okay, sweet. Um, actually... How are you feeling about that? I don't want to assume sweet. Most of us who have gone through that wouldn't describe that experience as sweet. Yeah, I, you know, it uh, actually pleasantly surprised with internal medicine. You know, you hear a lot of different things from people before going into it, but uh, probably similar to my experience in med school itself, it's, it's hard to know what to expect when you just have never done it before. So, I mean, like, uh, like most students, you know, years one and two, we spend the entire year just like looking through a book for the most part. And so going through that process and spending so much time in the class and lectures and studying at home, it is nice and it's fun to get in the clinic and start seeing the things you studied. You know, it's like, oh, when you've heard that, you know, aortic stenosis has this particular heart murmur sound and you know how to describe it, but it makes so much more sense when you can just hear it. You know, you're like, oh, okay, that's what they were talking about. And so I like being, I like, I like third year in the sense that you get a lot to do a you get to do a lot more hands-on and see things and be involved. And that's kind of fun. Um, the downside to it is it's uh, a lot more difficult because you, your time is 
less of your own, I would say. You know, during years one and two, you kind of have lectures in the morning or in the early afternoon. But after that, you know, you pretty much it's up to you how you want to spend your evenings and how you want to set up a study schedule and that kind of thing. Um, year three, not so much. I mean, you're expected to be in the clinic working with the physicians and the residents and got to get there early because there's a lot of stuff you don't know. And then you got to, you know, stay late and be a good student, all that kind of thing. So it's, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, pros and cons to both and just trying to make that transition. But overall, I think it's been fun. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, fun stuff to look forward to as a first and second year medical student going into third year and all those rotations, good times for some, uh, not so good times for others, depending on the rotation you're on. Yeah, no doubt about but, it. Uh, Maybe we could uh, actually go back now to like the first two years of medical school and you could tell us more about that experience and maybe maybe just like your classwork and balancing step one study and kind of how that went. Okay. So, uh, yeah, having, having moved out here from Utah, so I was, accepted, I was accepted over to UNR. And so basically I moved myself and my family out to Reno and uh, my wife, she still kind of ran a business and stuff back home. And so we would actually commute quite often back and forth. It's about an eight-hour drive and 10-hour train ride and one-hour plane ride. So we've tried them all at this point. But, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, if there was a boat, I probably would have taken that too. But that, uh, <laughs> So we just tried them all at this point. So, I mean, we spent a lot of time trying to like find ways to balance that out just the same way every student has to find ways to balance kind of personal life and school life and whatever else they're doing. And so that was, that was challenging, particularly I thought for us, you know, we came out here, we didn't know anyone in Reno. We didn't have any family support. Uh, and so we were really just thrown into a new place trying to find out where do I live? You know, where do I go to the grocery store? What are the places, you know, Simple things like that. And so it took a little bit of an adjustment just settling in and getting used to that. But that happens pretty quick. And actually, uh, what I found to be really unique and kind of cool about that experience was that because I was new to the area and I was kind of like away from my normal support systems and friends, a lot of the other people there were as well. And so that kind of forces you as a class, you know, everyone's starting together and going through this together. It kind of forces you to kind of depend on each other a little bit more and develop friendships more with each other. So I met a lot of people that I've really come to like and become pretty close with out here. And that's that's been kind of a unique experience that I I guess I wasn't really expecting or didn't know to expect. And it's been a huge benefit for me there. Um, trying to figure out how to balance all your schoolwork and stuff is just a challenge everyone kind of has to figure out on their own because some people pick up things faster than others or certain subjects come easier than other subjects. And so, you know, you kind of just play that as it goes. So, yeah, you were mentioning that, you know, some topics come easier to other, other people. And, and uh, what kind of topics do you feel came naturally to you? You know, it, everyone comes to med school with a little bit of a background. And so fortunately for me, I, uh, you know, I'd mentioned previously that I had some experience in medical testing, in particular, I worked on the genomics team. So I did a lot of work in genetic sequencing. And so when we, uh, my very first block of med school or my first semester, you might call it, um, had a lot to do with like laboratory testing and genetics and just kind of general principles. And so for me, that was really easy and it came, it came pretty quick, um, simply because I had a lot of the foundation contrast that to some of my other blocks, you know, later in the year, we had uh, an anatomy block, basically, where 
you know, we did the whole musculoskeletal system and you had to learn about all the muscles and their origins and insertions and just a lot of like brute memorization, like point to a muscle. What is this? What does it do? Kind of that stuff. And uh, man, I never felt like I was very good at just like rote memorization. A lot of the other students who come in with experiences like anatomy tutors or, you know, particularly the people who knew they wanted to do medicine for a long time prior um, had a lot more experience there. And so I, I found that I really lagged behind in that area. And that was, that was pretty difficult for me to catch up. Were there any things that, uh, that you felt, I guess, how did you get through those more difficult topics? You know, when you felt like you were slightly disadvantaged based on not having as much exposure to some of those topics before medical school, what kinds of things um, in general, like how did you get through that? Uh, I, I guess one of the fortunate situations for us is like, you know, we're not the first group of students going through med school at this point. And so there's there's a lot of resources available. You know, I, I would watch YouTube videos. I would find classmates that were good at things and we'd form study groups. I would, you know, we had an anatomy lab that we had access to 24-7. And so I could go in there and study at any time I wanted to. So just, uh, you know, it kind of depended on the subject, but whatever worked for the topic I was trying to learn, I guess. Were there any particular resources that you found really helpful? Uh, Whether that be like just relying on your teachers or like external resources? Yeah. So I guess uh, when I came to first year, at least the way that our school is, um, the curriculum's kind of set up. First year was kind of just like the basic sciences and a lot of the uh, basic physiology, anatomy, that kind of stuff. Second year was when we really had it more organized, um, more like a typical medical school curriculum. You know, it's like our first semester was about like heart, lungs, and kidney. And the next one was about like hormones and, you know, your GI system, you know. So we kind of had it broken down a little bit better there. And again, second year was a little bit more specific towards like uh, the step one exam too. And so I would say year one was more foundational for that uh my studies were basically just based on the lectures that our instructors gave us because that was kind of the material that was being covered. As I entered in the second year where the curriculum became a little bit more consistent with other medical schools around the country because it's more based on that kind of step one model, um, yeah, there, I, I basically had kind of a set of resources that I used throughout the year that I thought were really helpful. And it was just kind of broken up as in, into various needs. So obviously for physiology, I use physio. Um, for pathology, I use pathoma. Um, for uh, pharmacology and microbiology, I use Sketchy Medical. And then uh, I just for practice, I used UWorld for their question day. And so those were kind of the bulk of the resources I used. Um, I guess, you know, there are a few other things. I used like uh, DIT, the doctors in training. There was some videos I watched for like psychiatry I found pretty helpful. And, uh, you know, there are some osmosis videos I watched here and there if I needed like additional clarification on a topic. But for the most part, that was kind of the, kind of what I used there. No, that's awesome. Yeah. That seems, you know, a lot of students are using Pathoma, Physio and Sketchy. I'm a little bit surprised that it sounds like you dabbled in DIT. Mm -hmm. Usually when I hear people use DIT, it's usually like I dropped a thousand bucks and I'm like going all in and using every video. Um, so did you, did you have to pay for the whole program if you were just listening to or watching a few videos or how did that work? 
No, I mean, I was, uh, I had a friend of mine who, like you had described it, it does kind of have a bit of a cult following, doesn't it? You know, it's kind of like once you've invested in it, you've like in the program. And so I, uh, I had a friend who was like really into it and they, uh, they had kind of recommended it. And so he was one of my uh, friends that I studied with. And at that time we were going through our psychiatry block. And so I watched some of the psychiatry videos with him, but, uh, I know I think by that time I just kind of found what had worked for me already. And so I didn't really chase that any further. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It seems like those are the resources that a lot of people are using, you know, physiopathoma sketchy world. Did you use first aid very much? I did. Yeah. I mean, first aid to me was just kind of like the, the encyclopedia, you know what I mean? It's like whenever there was like a quick reference or something you needed to look up, it's like looking up a word in the dictionary, you know, you just pull it up. Okay. This is like a short thing on it. So first aid, I guess first aid was more of a reference to maybe like trigger my memory or just like quick bullet points to actually learn the material or help me memorize things that uh, I use the other resources more. Gotcha. Totally agree with you, man. Uh, I remember as a second year student trying to read complicated physiology topics from first aid and just felt incredibly frustrated. Uh, So I, I definitely think that first aid is a good reference book, but can be very challenging to learn from. Yeah. It's like learning from bullet points, you know, it's just, it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of students share that, that, uh, sentiment with you as well. Maybe you could, uh, dive a little bit, uh, dive into a little bit more detail about how you use each of these resources. Would you just, uh, like watch the videos and take notes? Would you make flashcards or, uh, just immediately start doing year old questions or how exactly did you use the different resources? Uh, yeah, I, I guess each of the resources I use like a little bit differently. And so, uh, you know, Pathoma kind of comes with its own book and a video series. So you, I would just watch the videos and take notes and stuff in the book. Um, the whole point with sketchy, you know, is just kind of having this, vi- this image burned into your mind that you can recall on like a, you know, just when you need it. And so I didn't really do much except for just watch those videos over and over again and sometimes reference back to the images. Um, something I did with Physio actually is I, uh, you guys have the online book that I found useful. At first what I did is uh, I took that online book and I, I downloaded onto uh, uh, Microsoft OneNote. And uh, that actually is like a software program that allows you to like write on your computer and edit things and organize information in a way that's pretty helpful. I used that for a little while, but uh, I, I think I might just be like a little bit more old fashioned. And so what I did is I actually took the the electronic book you guys have and I had it printed off at a printing shop. So that way I could just like take handwritten notes on it and use it just like a typical textbook. Well, that's awesome. That's uh, I remember, uh, you know, long ago, back when you were studying for step one, uh, you texted me a picture of a printed PDF or you took the PDF and and had printed it into a textbook. And I, I just remember being like, oh, that's that's awesome. That's that's great. I wish that we were offering that, you know? Like you have to go through all the work and and on top of that, pay for, you know, printing this book and, you know, it comes out in black and white unless you're willing to drop 300 bucks to get a color version. Um, oh, yeah. But anyway, I remember that was cool that you did that. <laughs> that's awesome that you remember that. I don't recall doing it. Yeah, the guys were pretty nice here. I actually just, they have like a printing service here on campus and the, 
they were able to do like a full color one for me for like not more than like 10 bucks or something. It was pretty cool. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a really good deal, man. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's really good. Like, so for any students who can do that, that's, that's a, you know, at least back before we were offering the printed textbook, you know, that's an ideal situation. That's great. Yeah. When Brian first started using it, we didn't even offer that, but now fortunately we are offering uh, hard copies oh. and they're reasonably priced. So it's a lot better for anyone who wants that. Right. And Brian, you, you say you may be old fashioned and, uh, and that may be the case, but here's the thing. So many students love the printed copy. Like that's just people like a physical copy that they can kind of scribble on and hold. And it's kind of interesting to see that, you know, happen. It's not quite what we expected when we started this, started physio, but it's, uh, we can definitely appreciate yeah, it's pretty good. I I mean, even still, in fact, sitting on my desk, I'm actually at my desk where I study. Sitting on my desk right now is my physio. I still pull it out and reference it, especially for internal med right now. You know, there's like, we just see over and over again, like people that come in with like kidney disease and stuff. So having to go back and review all the different uh, medications and how they interact on the kidney was really helpful to actually have physio here to be able to pull up and kind of go through uh, how it all works again. So I found that particularly helpful just this month. We're not uh, paying Brian to say all these things. Yes. It's really <laughs> nice of you to say that stuff, man. <laughs> no, it, was, it was good. It really, that's how I've been doing it. <laughs> right. Just, just Venmo, Venmo, a hundred yeah, bucks just, right now. Yeah. I'm just uh, funneling <laughs> some money. Just make sure you let us know that you get that Venmo money. Yeah. Um, make sure it doesn't go to the wrong account. I just like to hear the sound when it hits. ka You know, it hits the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people use uh, Pathoma that way, and certainly a lot more people are using Physio that way now. Uh, makes a lot of sense with Sketchy as well. Did you happen to buy the the Sketchy medical books and use those or no? I never did, no. But a lot of people I know did, and that worked for them, I guess. So, cool. And and then how about U World? You mentioned that one. Uh, did you start that during Dedicated, or when exactly did you start getting through the U World questions? Yeah, I started that. Uh, so I guess I took. I took my step one exam like May 10th is what it was. And so I really, I really like kind of started doing UWorld and kind of focusing a little bit more on step one studies after I came back from Christmas break, like in mid January. And so I didn't really like have like a full fledged, like step one focus. It was still primarily focused on my coursework and my classes at school, but uh, it kind of just slowly transitioned to being you know, whereas I'd say previously, you know, it was like 90% schoolwork, like 10% step, you know, I'd, I'd sometimes throw in like some step resources into my studies to, as an adjunct, whereas kind of later as step became closer and closer, I kind of started transitioning more and more to more step resources as my primary study aids. And then the school lectures and stuff was kind of an adjunct to that. And so I could be a little bit more and more focused as I got closer and closer to the exam while still trying to balance out like I need to study for my exams and I need to study for steps. So it's kind of hard to juggle that a little bit, I felt like. Yeah. And that's an experience that a lot of medical students, you know, speak of, you know, that's, that's what I experienced. You know, I started, me and Michael started really preparing for step one, right when med school started, it seemed. Um, but I, but around that January time, I recall, you know, there's, there's the, you can feel it in the classroom, you know, everybody's feeling that pressure. I remember our neurology professor, you know, started playing the song um, on our first day coming back from Christmas break. 
um, it's the final countdown. Oh yeah, some, like song from the from the seventies or eighties, and just like yeah, just reminding us that you know it's the final countdown. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> so, you needed the reminder. So, yeah. yeah, we. Yep. Yep. It's uh, definitely didn't need that reminder. Everybody's like sweating bullets every day and like, oh my gosh, how am I going to study for step one and learn this complicated neurology material? So, but, uh, you know, a lot of, speaking of that, you know, with, with so many students struggling with knowing how much to juggle with step one, um, study versus coursework, like those two items it, seem to be at odds at times. And when you were going through, so I guess in January, when you were starting to focus on step one, mm-hmm. at least a little bit, what courses did you have at that point? Like what, what ones were you, um, like what semesters were you in? What blocks, what topics were you covering? Yeah. So I guess, uh, in January, I think that was like our heart pulmonary block. And, uh, so those topics, and then as we got closer, right before step, like kind of like March, February time, it was primarily like, uh, the endocrine system, as I recall it. I mean, there was probably a little bit more to it, but that was kind of the basis of it. GI, uh, yeah, it was GI and endocrine and then pulmonary and cardiovascular. Those were kind of the January to March topics. Did you feel like those were challenging subjects for you at the time or were those kind of the easier ones? What would you say? Um, no, they were pretty challenging, uh, particularly like, uh, at least for our program here, the cardiology program or the cardiology block was actually relatively difficult. So a lot of medications and studying different arrhythmias and heart sounds. And, you know, it seems kind of, you know, I, I felt like it seemed like pretty straightforward just looking at it from far up. But when it came to all the details you had to know, I found that pretty tricky to learn everything. So, yeah. So, when it, I mean, and when it came to studying things, like at some points, you know, if I were to just study teachers' lectures and their PowerPoints, I would definitely be more prepared for their questions on, you know, my school test. But kind of, I guess, a conversation I had with myself, it was just like, you know, based on, you know, if you're looking forward to the future, when it came to residencies and uh, kind of moving forward, it seemed like my class grades weren't nearly as important as my step one score. And so I was like, you know, I shouldn't have my focus so much on my class grades. I should have my focus probably more on my step one. And so I really kind of transitioned, like I mentioned previously, to really putting the focus on my studies more towards, you know, still covering those topics, you know. So instead of studying my teacher's PowerPoint for you know, the cardiovascular topics, I would go back and I would study my other step related resources for that. And then hopefully I would cover all the information that I needed to cover. And so my grades might've dropped just a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't be as good at answering maybe the more far out or hard to predict questions that uh, were more professor specific, but uh, I felt like I was more prepared for step, which was kind of the bigger goal. So right, it's kind of how I, how I thought about it at least. That makes sense. Yeah. I remember, you know, talking to Michael about that, you know, having this, this, uh, little crisis. I'm like, look, like I want to be, I want to do well on step one, you know, and it, it comes at oftentimes a sacrifice, um, at least potentially, uh, to, to grades and stuff like that. And just having to make that decision, you know, um, so I can relate to that. And I think a lot of people can, um, when you were, you mentioned like cardiology 
like in the drugs and things like that and, and stuff that was hard to remember and hard to piece together. Did you use sketchy pharmacology for that kind of stuff? I did. Yeah. Did you find that helpful or yeah. what, are your, what were your thoughts on that? You know, I, I remember when I first started using sketchy, it was back uh, when we were doing our microbiology block. And I, I really wasn't sold on this idea. I'd never really, I mean, I, at this point, I think we've all done a lot of school, right? We've gone through like all of our undergraduates already. And by, by now, you know, you kind of feel like I've got a grasp on how to study. And so, you know, studying cartoons didn't really make sense to me. It just hadn't been a way I'd done it before. But, uh, you know, undeniably, it was just what everyone else was doing. And so I just couldn't, you know, I, I figured if everyone's doing it, there's probably a reason why. And then, yeah, as I was just watching these videos and then I would take my exam and it would talk about something and a picture of Sketchy that I'd watch would pop into my mind and it would help a lot over and over again. So I became quite a quite a believer at that point. So it was really helpful, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. For those two subjects. Yeah, that's it's it's nice when you get the, like the something that's strictly memorization based and um, I guess not strictly but primarily and where you can you're in the middle of a test and an image comes to your mind and you're just you know blessing the name of whoever helped you remember that one thing <laughs> to trigger that image in your mind so you get the question right. Yeah, know? exactly. It's uh, I think we've, we've all been there and benefited. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's dive a little bit more into your dedicated period of studying and. Maybe talk a little bit about that. So when did that start for you? Um, so I got six weeks of dedicated study time. And so essentially what I did is I had it split. So I, uh, right in the middle of it. So at week three, I was uh, basically invited to go present at an ophthalmology conference at Washington, D.C., and so I'd originally said no because I was too scared about step one, probably like everyone else is just so nervous. But uh, so I really said, no, I better not. But then, uh, you know, upon later opportunity, they offered it to me again. And I said, okay, actually, yeah, I think I will. And so I kind of had it split in the middle. So I spent my first three weeks um, in, uh, in Utah, back home with a lot of family and stuff. So I spent my first three weeks there. And essentially, I would just wake up in the morning, you know, eat breakfast and study and pretty much study the bulk of the day. I'd take breaks here and there and take the evenings off usually. Did that for about my first three weeks, and then I left to go to this conference. And then when I came back, I went back to Reno, where my house is here. And then I was just by myself for about three weeks. And so I pretty much just studied hard during that time, getting ready for that exam. Was that stressful to, to go do that conference right in the middle of your dedicated period? You know, it was. And I... I just lied to myself and told myself I'd be studying during that time. You know, I remember... I was at, I've never been to Washington DC before. And so I, you know, I get off the plane and I go over to my tiny little room and it's like a shared room with some other people. It's like an Airbnb. And, uh, as soon as I get in there, right, there's like this tiny desk smashed against the corner and like two other beds in there, people like walking in and out. And it's like a crazy little place. It's like, I'm not going to get anything done here. And so I remember <laughs> they have like this little bike share program out there. So I like, jumped on one of these bicycles and I was just biking around the city, checking things out with my backpack on full of a thousand books and my computer. And I ended up finding this like cool little hip coffee shop that I could go and study in and kind of hang out in. And so I just, I pretended like I was studying there, but also experiencing Washington DC for the first time. So trying to do it, trying to do it both yeah. at the same time. Yeah. That's tough, man. How long was that trip for you? Um, I think it was like three or four days. It wasn't too long. Okay. 
So it gobbled up about a half a week of your dedicated yeah, study time. About that. <laughs> gotcha. So you you started then kind of around the end of March, it would have been, is that right? And then you took step one, you said like May 10th, 11th, somewhere in there? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Me and Brian were actually at the same conference and didn't see each other. In Washington? Yeah. yeah in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Yeah. And we... And, and as I recall, uh, both independently presenting, presenting research that we both participated in. Uh-huh. Um, it's, uh, anyways, I remember seeing a picture later, you know, and, and seeing Brian and uh, several other, other people that I knew who I did research with um, at that conference. And I'm like, where was I? Why did I not see any of you guys? And anyways, conferences are big and sometimes you get distracted. But anyways... I think that's awesome that you were there. And uh, I did not have that same stress that you did. My step was far behind me, but I, I can definitely relate to that feeling, you know, yeah. you know, being busy for a couple of days and going to do, doing something that's actually important long-term, you know, you got to have research and things like that. And um, so I imagine that was a hard decision, but um, would you say that you regret it or you feel no, I mean, that was definitely the right choice to go out in there and do it. I mean, I wish I could have you know, told poor stressed out Brian back then that it's okay. You know, probably a few days like taking off, going out and doing this thing probably didn't make much of a difference in the long run. You know, you consider like the just bulk amount of material that you have to cover and prepare for for step. And, you know, it's on any given day, what are the chances that that's the day you're going to see something that's going to be on your exam? It's, you know, it's hard to predict. And so really in the, yeah, in the end, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, I think, uh, it was a really good thing that I went out and did that. And sometimes it's easy to get a little bit caught up in all the stress and anxiety and all the pressure that you feel, you know, everyone's telling you, Oh, you've got to do so well on this exam. This determines your future. And, you know, you need to lock yourself in a closet and forgo everything else you ever knew. But I think at the end, you know, you just do your best, do as best as you can. And that's all you really can do. Right. So, yeah. That's a healthy attitude. And uh, what's interesting is, I guess not so much interesting as, as comforting, you know, now you know your board score and that you dominated it. And, you know, it's easy to like want to go back and tell yourself like, oh, it's all going to work out. I did well on step one. <laughs> yeah, that is retrospect is much easier, isn't it? Yeah. Certainly wouldn't want to go back and do it again. Yeah. How'd you, how did you do on step one, Brian? I did pretty well. So I scored a 239. And so that uh, pretty much awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. So I guess my goal was 240. And so I was just about there. One point. I know it, right? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, what's funny is we've got uh, the Moran Eye Center here. Um, really, really competitive program to get into for ophthalmology. Mm-hmm. And I've become, you know, intimately familiar with a lot of the residents there and chatting with them and figuring out their board score. And it's, it's crazy how many of them get a 239. It's uh it, and I say crazy just because why, why that specific number? Like why not a 238 or seven? But like, I know two really phenomenal residents that got into the Moran that had exactly that score. So it's just kind of crazy. And, and one of them like couldn't sleep for days after finding out that she didn't that she got a 239 instead of a 240. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I just think it's crazy, you know, and, uh, and Brian, you actually want to go into ophthalmology yeah. as, uh, 
we understand, right? Correct, yeah. So it's destined to be then. You're gonna you're gonna go to the Moran because you got a two thirty nine. Sounds right? like I'd be in good company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so now let's dive into like your specific study schedule. You know, you're in dedicated, um, minusing, you know, taking out those four days in which you you went and uh, you know partied in DC. So what what was your day to day schedule like and your routine and study habits? I uh, I mean essentially what I did is. Early on, I just kind of mapped out kind of my perceived plan. You know, I, I essentially had made a, laid out a plan of like what I wanted to cover. And uh, it was primarily just like hitting those topics that I'd mentioned previously. It's like, okay, I need to like go over pharmacology with Sketchia. I need to study physio um, so I can get the physiology down. And and then, uh, you know, pathoma for pathology. And then you were able to go through all those and the practice test. So that was kind of the core of my of my plan there was to just hit each of those topics in the way that I needed to. And so to do that, you know, I just wrote out a, kind of a schedule and I said, okay, I'm going to do this many questions per week and I'll do this many sketchy videos. And I'll do this many physio videos and this many pathoma videos. And I just try to break it out. So I got a little bit of it, a little bit of everything each week. So what, what time did you typically wake up and start studying? And then what time did you stop studying? Uh, it's uh it's hard for me to remember. I don't know that I was super disciplined on that, you know, that I had like a very strict time. But in general I'd wake up, you know, around like eight or nine and just like pretty well study until I felt brain dead and then I'd go on a little jog or I'd eat lunch or I'd cook food for the week or something and you know, I just kinda did it. At some point there's just you can only lie to yourself so long. And you know, at some point you're not learning anything, you're brain fried and you just, when you know, you got to take a break, you just have to take a break. You know, you, I guess I just, yeah. I just did it until I couldn't do it anymore. Basically. I, I don't know if I could describe it better than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. Would you uh, typically take like a break in the middle of the day, like after lunch or before lunch or something or yeah, when would you take break? Yeah. I mean, I would, uh, you know, what I found myself doing, especially as it got closer to the end, is, you know, you just get so tired of like sitting at a desk, you know, I've, I put like a pillow on my chair. That's how I knew I was sitting in my chair for too long. I was like, oh man, I need a, need a, like a pillow to soften this. <laughs> Clearly spending too much time here. <laughs> uh, in addition, I was like, man, I'm inside a lot. And so I would actually, I had like a little courtyard because I'm in a, an apartment complex out here. This is when I came back to Reno. And uh, I would just make my breakfast in the morning and then I'd go outside and I would eat my breakfast outside. So I'd get like a little bit extra sun and then I'd come back inside, you know, and study. And then usually I would like eat lunch outside or something just so I could get outside or, you know, see the sunshine for a little bit every day. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so you mentioned that you set weekly goals for all of those things, whether it be questions or videos or getting through first aid. Did you find yourself reaching those goals? Rarely, almost never. <laughs> were, yeah. they, were they helpful or no? Um, yeah, it was helpful. I mean, uh, I think one of the things that I found myself kind of concerned about is like originally I was just going through things and what I thought I needed to study or what I thought I knew better or needed to review or whatnot, I wasn't always right on. And so I just had to constantly like reevaluate and kind of, you know, determine, okay, it's like, well, at this point, it's like, I'm probably not going to be able to review X, Y, or Z. And so I'll just, you know, do this instead, you know? So yeah, basically every week I would just kind of see where I was at, see what I needed to do and 
kind of do it kind of on a week by week basis with the big picture in mind, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's one of the hardest things to experience as a student when you have that pressure and a deadline leading up to something so important like step one. Um, when, when you felt like you needed to study something more, but it didn't quite fit into your schedule, did you find yourself like battling, sticking to like a, like your set weekly goals when you felt like you needed to deviate from them to, you know, explore something that was more, I guess, that you knew you didn't understand and you wanted to really understand it? Did you find yourself battling with letting yourself do that? Yeah, quite often, actually. In fact, uh, I mean, a good example, I, I would say, is I had gone through um, a lot of the Path Home and a lot of the physio videos before starting um, Dedicated. You know, it, uh, having gone through like other blocks of school and referencing them at that time. And so I thought I would have been able to just kind of look at the notes or look at that, um, you know, kind of the ebook or the, the Path Home book that I had and just that would be all it would take. And it would just be like a quick review. And uh, in reality, I found myself like not, that wasn't enough for a lot of topics, particularly when I was going over like the, all the neurology. I remember just realizing that I had forgotten just a significant portion of stuff. And so I'd have to go back and watch the videos again to get like the full, the full refresher. But kind of basically what would happen is I would be doing you world questions. And I was after a while, I'm like, man, I am getting a lot of neuro questions wrong or a lot of, cardiology questions wrong. I guess I didn't know it as well as I thought I did. And so when I was noticing those kind of trends, I would go back and you know, spend a little bit more time reviewing that. And it was hard because, you know, I had like all these goals and it's like, if I could only get through all of this, I'd be good. But in reality, what I needed to is just learn this material that I clearly didn't have down at the time. So I think, <laughs> I think everyone experiences that feeling of like, trying to study so much information and you just, you know, a few months pass and you feel like you just forgot what you'd studied. And it's so frustrating. I remember one time in medical school, one of our professors showed us this video. It was really, really hilarious. It's called uh, Lucy and the Chocolate Factory. You guys should definitely look at it on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, this this old black and white film uh, and it's Lucy trying to eat chocolate in this chocolate factory. And it's just like going super fast. And she's like shoveling all this chocolate in her face. She like can't even keep up. <laughs> and it's kind of like drinking from the fire hose. You know, that idea. Super funny. Um, yeah, I, but you know, I totally feel that with you, man. I often re I, you know, the way I kind of would explain it afterwards, I was like, you know, it's like building a house out of cards. You just like spend all this time working on it, perfecting it, finally get it all down. And then, you go back to reference that information later and it's just all gone again. Yeah. You just crumble like a house of cards. Yeah. Well, did you find anything helpful to help retain more of that information or is it just kind of a hopeless effort for, for all of us? <laughs> you know, I, uh, I found myself like, like a lot of other students do just using a lot of those mnemonics and, you know, the sketchy images really helped a lot and, just whatever you got to do to remember it, you know, mnemonics, songs, you know, whatever crazy association you can make. And if it sticks, then it's, it's good no matter what it takes. So, Did you use any flashcards or anything like that? You know, I, I was never a huge fan of flashcards simply because I felt like the time it took me to make them just, it wasn't enough like bang for my buck of investment. I, I would take a lot of time. I did try. In fact, I forget the, uh, 
I forget like the flashcard software, but they have one for your phone that you can type in. And for a while, I went on the computer and for a while, a lot of my classmates were using this and kind of sharing their decks with each other. Anki, Anki decks is what it is. And so I did, I, I did kind of try that for a little while, but uh, I just found that it took me so long to make these flashcards that I felt like I wasn't as efficient as I would be otherwise. So, Yeah, it's, it's tough, man, trying to find what works best for you in terms of retaining all that information. Totally agree with you, though, on the image mnemonics. I think that's really helpful. And then I think if I also think that if you have some notes that you've written in a book, I think that can be helpful. But sometimes it might require you to go back and actually watch like a full video to remember everything. Um, and that's assuming that you've got legible handwriting. Um, <laughs> unlike, which, un- unlike me, that's that's not a system that works. You know, I, re- I require something digital to uh, to be legible and readable later. You know, it's the handwriting or like I find myself going back and trying to see pictures that I drew for myself. I'm like, I don't actually know what I was getting at there, but it's... So, <laughs> what was my point? Yeah. What was I saying? Do you recall the the physio book probably wasn't like this or the the physiology book that we had made probably wasn't like this when you were studying, but we've like take we've taken screenshots of a bunch of the the videos from physio key key points and we've actually included them in the book. Was that included in the physio book when you were studying or no? Um no, I don't believe so. Okay. I mean, we had like a lot of images and stuff that you guys have put, but not screenshots. No. Well, uh, I apologize that we didn't have like that updated, awesome version that we have now for you in your time, Brian, not that you <laughs> needed it because you did so well. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like that, that idea in mind, you know, we can save students from having to write stuff down, like kind of quickly trigger some of these thoughts and, and memories from when they watch the video the notes and stuff. Uh, I can't wait to say back in my day to these people. So Back in my day, we didn't have the screenshots in our physio oh, book. Yeah. We had to write our pictures by so, hand and they were illegible. <laughs> so could you talk more about using UWorld? Like, for example, how many questions a day were you able to do during Dedicated? And did you end up finishing the entire QBank or, or no? Um, so I did finish the QBank. I think I had a goal of going through it twice and I did not meet that goal. In fact, when when you specific, specifically asked me, it's like, hey, did you meet your goals? I would have to say UWorld was the one I consistently didn't meet because it uh, it just took me a long time to go through those questions and then to go through each of, you know, when you get uh, the answers afterwards, you have all the other options, like why wasn't it A or why wasn't it B, you know? And so it just took me a lot longer to go through UWorld questions than I think I previously thought it would have. And so... Yeah, that was that was a little bit more challenging, but I th- I thought it was really useful. So I mean, the way that I would do UWorld is uh, at first, kind of the way that I did my study is I would uh, basically study a topic, like study a section. Okay, this week I'm going to be learning about the you know the pulmonary system or whatever, and so I would uh, like study that topic or study that concept, and then UWorld I would set up so I would be doing questions on that topic, and that's about how I did uh, my my dedicated time earlier on. And then for probably the last two weeks, maybe even three weeks, I would just do my UWorld. I would just do entirely random. So it wasn't focused on a particular topic. And so that, uh, that kind of more prepared me for getting ready for more of the test. And then as I got even closer, you know, probably the last two weeks, then it became 
training, you know, one of the things I particularly struggled in was just time management on these exams. I felt like I was, I was never the student that just like rips the test out and like has enough time to do whatever afterwards. I was always like running behind a lot of times. I wasn't even able to finish the questions I was working on during my exams. And so I knew that would be a problem. And so for UWorld, I would set it on the timed mode. And then also I bought a um, some of the MBME practice tests, you know, and I would I would make sure to do those on like a time s- structure. So that way I could actually get the practice of like the test like experience, you know, where I'd be under that time restraint. Yeah, I think that's super important to have that that practice with the with the time because it can it can throw you off when you go into the real thing. You know, if you've never done that before, you're not quite sure. I guess your your mind isn't quite uh, quite prepared to to do those questions that quickly and it can be challenging. Yeah. I mean, so the first, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, that's exactly, you know, it's, if you're just doing questions and sitting at home, you know, you can sit there and stroke your beard and ponder all the different reasons, you know, why it's A or B, but in the test, man, I did, you do not have that time. You got to like read it, know it, hit it, move on kind of thing. So it definitely changes your approach. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. You get the catecholamines pumping through your blood. It makes you a little bit nervous. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be, uh, you gotta be well-trained going into that thing. So the first three weeks of your dedicated, you said you would just do like tutor mode. So you it was not timed and it was just like block. It was just by like a subject. Is that how you did your world? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then after, and then after that, you, after the, the first three weeks you changed and started doing the timed mode and you were doing like the, the 40 block or the 40 question block. Is that right? And totally random. You know, I don't remember exactly how many questions I would do it, but yeah, it's uh, kind of the second half. It was more just random questions to come from anywhere and it wasn't focused on systems like I'd done previously. Did you feel like that was helpful in preparing you for like the, the, the time of, or the, the timed mode of the actual exam? Yeah, actually, you know, I I feel like that was one of the things that probably did really well is that kind of doing a systems-based review of everything up front. And then kind of during the second half, then you're just constantly testing yourself and reviewing the specific topics. And that allowed me to kind of pick up on weaknesses. So like previously, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I learned, you know, biochemistry or whatever. And now every biochemistry question I'm doing, I'm getting wrong. So... I should probably go back and touch up on that again. And so that's kind of where I had to be flexible on my study schedule is like realizing, Hey, it looks like I didn't actually learn this very well the first time around. I better hit this again. So. Yeah. It can be tough to, to know how to do your world. I remember when I was studying, a lot of people were doing, you know, 40 question blocks, totally random timed for everything. And then there was another group of people who were, you know, they do a few questions here, a few questions there on tutor mode and, I was just like, man, what should I do? And it, it, it can be challenging to, to decide how to, how to tackle you world. So I think that's, that's really helpful. Would you, would you, if you could go back and do it again, would you change the way you approached you world? Or do you think that worked well for you? Um, I think that worked pretty well for me. So I, I'd probably go ahead and do it the same way. It was, it was good to be able when I was really like, like learning, I guess there's kind of like the learning section of, the uh, st- dedicated time and more of the review section, I guess, is how I structured it more or less. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, for the tutor or for you world, I kind of used tutor at the beginning. I would just do particularly to a system that I'd been studying that day and hopefully like 
reinforce some of the concepts I just barely learned. And then, uh, yeah, when it was just random questions, that was really good to identify areas that I didn't ever get down in the first place. Kind of a good review, I think. So, Brian, when it came time for you to go and do the exam, you're like going to do step one, ready or not, you got to do it. Do you feel like you covered all the material that you needed to? You know, it's kind of hard to say. During the exam, you know, I, I felt like I was exposed to things that I never studied, never saw. And I never would have, right? I mean, I could have studied for a thousand years and I never would have thought to cover this topic or subject. And I think that's just the reality of it. They're just going to be things that you don't see or don't even think to see or don't even think to look over. But, uh, you know, I think for the bulk of it, uh, you know, that those those study resources have been just kind of tried and true. People have been using those for years and they've kind of narrowed it down to the the main points of what you got to cover. So. I guess for the most part, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm just thinking in the context of, you know, I, I'm just thinking back when I was studying for step one and I'd set these goals that were often fairly rigid and like you recognizing that I'm not reaching these goals. You know, I I plan to do too much in a day and and I need to get sleep eventually and and I'm not like accomplishing as much as I was hoping to. Uh-huh. Um, so then when it came time for the exam, I'm like, you know, I didn't, you know, maybe I didn't get through everything in the way that I wanted. Um, but you know, it, it still works out. And so I guess I just want to advise our listener that if you take an example, like Brian, you have a healthy approach, you, you set goals. Sometimes you don't reach them. You don't get accomplished everything you want to in a given week, but you, uh, you get through all the material ultimately in in the way that you need to, and you do well and things work out. Yeah, I guess so. So we've talked about most of the resources you've used, but we haven't yet talked about the MBME exams. I know you briefly mentioned those. Can you tell us about how many of those exams you took and kind of how you approach those? Yeah. It, uh, I don't recall off memory how many were available, but I, I think they're like somewhere between like six and 10 practice exams or something like that. And I, I bought them all. And basically what I did is uh, I would, I just kind of split them up, particularly over the last month. I think I took one or two early on in my in my dedicated just to kind of give me an idea of like, okay, where am I? And it wasn't great. I mean, I think the very first practice exam, this uh, when I took it was actually given through our school, had like a different name. I don't recall what it was, but it's supposed to be like a practice exam. And I scored like 201 or something like that, a 201 on it. And so like I knew I had some you know, some work to be done, I guess. And that was done right around February, I think. And so I took that one. And then when I started my dedicated step, I remember taking another practice exam. I got like a 209 or something like that. And so from there, you know, I just would schedule one, I think at the end of each week. And then during like my last two weeks, I think I did like two per week or something like that. And so I, I basically just kind of peppered them throughout what I was studying as a way of like practicing, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Did you find that they were really helpful for you in, prepar- in your preparation for step one? You know, it's really hard to say. I think uh, what was helpful is just giving me like the more real test experience, kind of getting the timing down, you know, getting used to like the break schedule, stuff like that. I tried to be pretty true to the way that they'd be delivered to me in the testing center. So 
I mean, although I was just sitting at my kitchen table and doing, I mean, I, I would try and like do a section, take a break, you know, kind of strategize how I would do that in the test setting just so I could get used to it. Sure. Do you remember the scores that you got? Um, some of the ones that were more recent or I guess, uh, close to the exam? Um, yeah, they, you know, the truth is, is they were just so all over the place. I didn't really know what to expect going into it. Like I said, some of the very first one I ever took was just like right around 200. And then, uh, you know, going up all the way right before I took my exam, I remember doing one of the U world, like practice exams, doing really well, getting like 257 or something like that. Or that was like a high one. So I had like a high of like upper two fifties and a low of like the bottom two hundreds. And so I'm walking into this thing and it wasn't consistent. You know, I, I mentioned like my first ones being lower and then kind of my later ones being higher, but they were, I mean, it was a really undulating process. You know, one day it would be high the next week I'd take one, I'd be lower. And so it was kind of all over the place. So I, I wasn't really sure what to expect on the real thing, but ended up being somewhere right in the middle. So I guess that's, that was what I should have expected. Yeah, I think a lot of people have that experience. It can be kind of nerve-wracking. Hopefully, your scores are going a little bit up each time you take them, right? But uh, it, it can be especially frustrating if you get like a 260 on one or something, and then the next one you take, you get like a, a 215 or something. You're like, oh, crap, I'm getting dumber. I need to stop studying for step one. No, exactly. I mean, I particularly had like a little crisis mode. I remember that the week of or the week before, I ended up taking a practice test and just totally bombing it. And yeah, I just knew at that time that I was destined for failure. So it's glad, glad that it works out. Well, that's, that's cool. You had that experience. I think our listeners will appreciate that because if any of them have a similar experience, you know, like if you, if you score high and then score low, don't have a panic attack. It'll be, it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brian, you know, before we let you go, um, and go off and study for your clerkship. Do you have any advice you want to give to any, any medical students that were once in your shoes in their first and second year preparing for step one? Uh, yeah, well, I, I guess what I would say is, uh, in regards to step one, it's, uh, you know, it is important and you want to do well. And so just set goals and do your best towards reaching them. I think the real secret to it is actually getting familiar with your study resources early. And so, you know, it's a lot easier to go and look something up that's familiar to you than it is to like relearn a whole new, you know, a whole new resource. And so, you know, these, I would just say like, you know, there's a reason that the bulk of students use kind of the same resources I did. And so if you get those early and you use them as adjuncts to your study work as you go throughout your, your classes, then when dedicated step time comes up, you're not like breaking the seal and looking at this for the first time. You're gonna be like, oh man, I remember writing this note. And you can look back at that page and it'll refresh it and it'll come faster. And so I would say just familiarizing yourself with those resources early, getting used to those. So that way when dedicated time is there, then it really is more of a review and less of less of a learning experience all at once. I totally agree with you. I think that's great advice. Well, uh, Thanks for all the information you've shared with us, Brian, and for just telling us your story. We really appreciate it and appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, of course. I was happy to share. You know, it's, it's glad to have gone through that, you know, now on to the next. 
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to go to our website at physio.com to check out our growing library of free Step 1 videos. You can also find our physio group on Facebook to join our growing community of students preparing for Step 1. If you've been enjoying the episodes and have been getting value from the content, here are three easy ways that you can support us. One, press the subscribe button on the platform you're listening to this on. Two, leave us a review. To do that, just go to physio.com slash podcast. Three, find your friends who are in medical school or interested in medical school and tell them about the podcast. Thanks for listening and join us next time.